Hey, this is Ian Austin of Friday Night Fright fame, but today it's not a Friday Night Fright episode. It airs on the Anchor Network where our episodes air, but it's not technically a Friday Night Fright episode. This is a bonus episode. It's definitely not part of season three. It's definitely not a ranked episode. This one is a bit different because it deals with, one, a good movie, Once Upon a Time Hollywood in this case, and two, I can't figure out what I would call this, um... Because it's a really good movie. I guess just a bonus movie review recap thingy for all my little viewers and listeners. I said I'd do more content and God hate me, I really should. So um, hopefully by the time this episode's finished, I'll have figured out what to call this particular bonus episode thingy. But for now, just settle in, enjoy a brief one with my sponsor. And remember that, you know, movies can be beautiful, much like life. So as you can see, I already signed a name for this. I signed it after I recorded the intro. This is going to be the Beautiful Movie series. I don't know if anyone's come up with that name before. I'm sure they probably have, but I'm not trying to trademark it or property manage it or infringement or anything. It's just a name for the like series and isn't Friday Night Fright ones. Because this isn't so much in character as a loud, boisterous guy who claims not knowing anything about Flash or Arrow or any of those other shows. No, this is purely me, someone, Ian, who likes movies and feels I should be talking about good movies more often. So I don't really do that very often now. I also do more stuff because I love doing recaps, but I find the podcast I get easily bored and I like doing different things and spreading my wings sort of you know, to catch the parlance of time. And also, I like sometimes speaking honestly from heart rather than being exuberant and enthusiastic and loud and obnoxious. Sometimes it's nice to just, sorry, just talk about a movie. Just talk about a movie that you enjoy. And Once Upon a Time, Hollywood is a movie I really, really enjoy on a lot of different levels. I should say there are going to be spoilers, please, because... It's too much effort not to spoil movies, to be honest. But I'll try and leave ta- alleviate it so big spoilers are near the end. So if you don't want to listen, you can stop now and you won't be spoiled completely. So One Point Time Hollywood is the ninth movie by Quentin Tarantino. And like his other movies, it's a bit sprawling. It's a bit, um, not fragmented is the wrong word. It's loose. It's loose in its last cup, actually. Once one time Hollywood really feels like he's in capturing a period and an aesthetic rather than having particularly tight plot because there really isn't that much plot. And I understand a lot of people criticise movies for that because they think that usually Tantino movies, you might not like them, you might not dig them, but they have twists and turns and all like this really doesn't like I said it's like a slice of life it's like in capturing a moment in time in photograph in this case in visual movement of cinema and way Tantino's done that is quite impressive because you hear a lot about immersive cinema nowadays this really is immersive cinema Tantino's always been fascinated by creating intriguing locations but in this movie he's not so much creating as translating taking as much as possible from his experiences of growing up in the 60s and transplanting this on screen and it's very interesting in that regard because the movie ties back to one of my favorite lines from the um usual suspects where gabriel burns character and i'll get completely wrong says he doesn't want place where the aesthetic is on walls 
I probably got that wrong. I apologise, did. But in this movie, Tantino is all about the aesthetic. And let's not say acting isn't good, because the acting is incredible all the way through, from Leo Capio as Rick Dalton, Brad Pitt's Cliff Booth, but particularly Margot Roby as uh, Sharon... Polanski? Sharon Tate, that's it, Sharon Tate, sorry, I remember her actual name. I'll get more into her performance later on, but the gist of the movie is that he wants us to be back in the 1960s. So then, of course, when he does the subversion in the end, sorry, so there's going to be spoilers, you're with it because you feel like you're there, and then you're not there, I guess. I know a lot of people don't necessarily care for this movie because they feel like it's not a tight movie, tightly written, tightly plotted, tightly structured. And I, I don't get what they're saying, but I I like the way it's a little meandering, to be honest. I like when it's very much a movie of style and substance working at the same time. The St- substance is in style and style is in substance. That's what I like about it. I always like the acting. I think Leo is... Oh. Leo gets a lot of crap online. And sometimes rightly so. But he is such a good actor. I am yours. He's such a good actor. In so many ways. He's very sharp. He's very concise. He's very good at taking those moments of his own career. Where he's probably suffered the same way Rick Dalton has. And working them into the character. And does a particularly good job making him both unlikable and funny and also pathetic at the same time. Because, like, all of the breakdowns Rick Dalton has about his career and things like that and wanting to do this and that and wanting to do other things, you just get to a point when it's all like, you are such an idiot. But it's not in a nasty way. It's just like, he he doesn't, he seems like a defense definition of a man-child I mean obviously there's a lot of scope to him and a lot of shading and all of that but at the same time he is really quite pathetic because while his story's going on we get Manson's we get Cliff Booth who's actually like Rick will be okay he'll always find work Cliff is a stuntman he's the one who's struggling to find work and Rick doesn't seem to give shit about that which is quite Oh, no, you do get a brotherly relationship between Rick and Cliff, but at the same time, Rick treats Cliff like shit. Maybe somewhat warranted because, you know, Cliff may or may not have murdered his old wife, you know, which is something, again, I like Natantino. Tantino's great at that sort of thing where he'll imply something or he'll have a bad story for character, and you'll be you'll get just enough, but you won't get the whole thing. It's something I liked from the um KV movies with um Bill and Tori Hunzo's relationship, Bill and Pime, Bill and Buzz, you know, it's like you get all these fascinating little bits of character that make you feel like it's a very fleshed out universe. But you don't need to know a thing. You just need to know shit happened. Tarantino probably knows exactly what happened. But it's not a right of place to tell you exactly, you know. They can show you if you have brothers who say, who act like you haven't seen each other in 20 years, you don't need the context for it. You understand the nature of the context without actually having context. And that's the same thing here. You know, there's a lot of stuff with Rick and Cliff, and that's interesting. 
I reply. It's hard to say. Movie's too relaxing, that's the problem. But to go on to the best part of this movie is Margot Robbie. Um, if she doesn't win an Oscar for it, that'll be a disgrace because it is. I know a lot of. I, I keep saying I know, I know. The critical consensus from what I understand towards her performance was it was good, but they're upset she had more Tantino's dialogue. To which Margot Robbie replied that she found it an interesting challenge not having much dialogue and having to create character, fully fleshed character or portray a fully fleshed version of Sharon Tate around that. And I've got to agree with her. I think acting's not just about dialogue. Acting's about intent and mood and atmosphere and aesthetic. And I think she does an amazing job. She's really, really, really good in the movie and it's a particularly in capturing performance because it creates this sense of Sharon's a real person, which has gone out of media consumption recently. It's the same thing which happens when any victims of a you know, famous murder, the victims then get overlooked a lot. Which always makes me glad Tantino includes that little scene of the other victims that night. Just mind us, there were more than Sharon, and they were fully fleshed people too. So, you know, he does a good job of reminding us that these were people, and then when he does the subversion at the end, you're like, fuck yeah. Well, at least first time, I was like, fuck yeah. It, next, second time, I was like, I was still like, yes, that's good, you know, but at the same time, it was like, yeah, it's, it's the level of violence. It's uncomfortable to watch. Um, first time you get the joy of the twist, and then second time you get the reality of it, and it's brutal because, like, the characters, Brad, Rick Dalton and them, Cliff Booth, do not know these hippies are murdered. Obviously, they can't know that these hippies murdered Sharon Tate because they haven't yet. We know they don't. So, effectively, what you're watching is an alternate reality where events play out differently. But that creates the interesting dynamic of, you know, the audience no more than characters. But then we have a response which is different to characters. In universe, these characters just murdered a bunch of hippies who broke into their home in incredibly violent ways that don't really match the incident, to be honest. But that's also fascinating because Tantino's pointing out that, like, you know, there's nothing there's no joy in it particularly like it's still murder it's still brutal it's still not something be cheers and I think that's done in a really clever way which actually makes me smile because Dantino's script for Natural Born Killers I don't know if you've read it I found a copy on um in charity bookstore and it's fantastic hold on a sec sorry let's see um Lovely guy door dropping off my BT my BT TV connection thingy. Anyway, where was I? This part's not gonna be very long. Uh Once Upon Time Hollywood. Fantastic movie, really entertaining. Uh, and although this time it's a bit more difficult to get through than was in Sigma, but I think that's just because, you know, lots going on in my head, not don't normally record these on weekday. Um it's annual leave. I was gonna go to Aberystwyth but didn't because I went to Wickham Hostel last week, so there you go. And so that's thrown me a bit. But yeah, really good. I mean it's Tarantino. He doesn't make bad movies on his own curve. They might not be as good as the other movies he's made, but in general he doesn't make bad movies. So fundamentally you have to view it Tarantino in that regard. Um what do you say? 
it's as good as first time I saw it. Not necessarily, but I think there's always a bit of downturn blues. This isn't like something like The Irishman, which gets better the more I watch it, because the first time I sit down on it, I was so high on Once Upon a Time Hollywood when I first watched it, and then now re-watching it, it's not quite at the same level, but it's close. And do think it'll grow on me more as I keep watching it. I mean, there's some scenes, and the aesthetics and scene setting in the general universe are so wonderfully created. Attention's magnificent, and... It's also really, really, really funny. So hopefully in future it goes, it'll rise up again. But I just do say it's a beautiful movie. It's a wonderful happy ending for Sharon Tate that sadly she never got in real life. And definitely recommend it. And it's a hell of a movie start off this particular uh, branch of podcast. So I'm sorry this part of review is, this review is split up in two parts, but what can you do? I 10 out of 10. I, I'd give this movie 10 out of 10. I'd say it's still very, very entertaining. Not quite as good as it was the first time I watched it. But, yeah, really, really good. And definitely recommended. And, hey, hopefully there'll be more of these in the future. Um, might deviate on week. I'm hoping Tuesday be bonus episode day for the podcast. But I can do. Anyway, for now, that's my view of Once Upon a Time Hollywood. And I'll see you guys next week, um, or Friday for the podcast, and next week for something else, I guess. Until next time, remember, movies are beautiful.